going to get started. I apologize, we're running a little late. Had a good Sunday school class. Um, but I'd just like to open in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for this uh, opportunity to come into your house to have the freedom to worship you. Father, when we think of the 4th of July, we think of our freedom as a nation. But Lord, help us to remember always the freedom that you give us each and every day. Uh, Father, we uh, just pray for those that are here and we pray for those that are not here. Uh, For whatever reason, be with them, watch over them, keep them safe as well. Um, Lord, I just ask that we will bless you with our hearts, with our minds, our words, and our actions. Um, Father, may we always glorify you in everything we do. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our call to worship uh, today, actually I didn't pick this, so I'm not sure where it comes from. Um, It came from Captain Angela. She, uh, She picked it. And I think the words will be on the screen if you want to follow along. During celebration, we are also in sorrow for all those who have given their lives so that we may have our freedom. For all those who struggle and strive against great difficulties, we praise God who has blessed us with freedom and peace. As we start talking about uh, freedom, as I said, with the 4th of July, um, our song that we're going to sing here, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, uh, there's no greater song um, that shows our freedom from sin and from this world and from death. Um, So please sing with me, uh, sing with us uh, here as we worship God together. Unending love, amazing. 
scripture reading today comes from 1st Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 and I'll be reading out of the NIV once again it's 1st Timothy chapter 2 1 through 4 and the word of God says this I urge you then first of all that petitions prayers intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godless, godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Our next song is Blessed Be Your Name. And as uh, we sung in our first song, How Our Chains Are Gone, we've been set free. Let us proclaim his name. Let us lift our voices high and bless his name. Please sing with me.
going to move this microphone so I don't drop it and my son be very mad at me. Okay. My son, who is the IT guy, thanks Joseph for doing this every week. Our sermon title this morning is America 
the Great. Now, today is the 4th of July, as we all know. Today is Independence Day. And isn't America a great place to live? Would you say America is a great place to live? Yes, I got a thumbs up. I got a head nod. Thank you. Amen. America is a great place to live. While it is not a perfect place to live, can I get an amen for that? Right? Heaven will be a perfect place to live. But it's a lot better than most other nations in our world today, in my opinion. Sorry. I'm used to it being on this side. <laughs> America is a crazy place to live. Here's what someone once said. Only in America. Have you heard that before? Only in America. <clears throat> well, I Google a lot. If I have a question I don't know the answer to, I Google. So, of course, I Googled only in America. And these were a few of my favorites. <clears throat> only in America can a pizza get delivered to your house faster than an ambulance can arrive. Only in America. Only in America are there handicapped parking spaces in front of a skating rink? Only in America. Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions, while healthy people can get suntan lotion and soda right up front. Only in America. Only in America do people order a double cheeseburger, a large fry, and a Diet Coke. I'm those people. Only in America. Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and have our garages filled with junk. Only in America. Got three more. Only in America do we use caller ID to screen our calls. We have call waiting so we don't miss a call from someone we don't want to talk to in the first place. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> Only in America, do we buy hot dogs in packages of 10 and hot dog buns in packages of 8? I will never understand that. Only in America do we have Braille at a drive-up ATM machine. Only in America. Now, I still truly believe that America is the greatest nation in the world. I feel blessed by God to have been born and raised in the good old U.S. of A. Does anyone else feel that way? Yeah. Amen. 
The Apostle Paul gives us several things we can do to keep America the great. Our scripture today from 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 tells us very plainly. Let's look at verses 1 and 2a. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority. How do we keep America the great? Paul tells us right here we pray. Pray for America. The groundwork for America and the freedoms that we enjoy today had been laid over the past 200 plus years. We enjoy our freedom today because of what our founding fathers, our fathers, our grandfathers, our brothers, our sisters, our sons, and our daughters have done to get and to preserve this freedom we enjoy. Our freedoms don't come cheap. The patrons fought and died for us and for our freedom of religion. Now there are those today who are trying to tell us that the intentions of our founding fathers was to give us freedom from religion. Now there's a difference here. There's a difference from freedom of religion or freedom from religion. Are we a Christian nation today? Hmm? Probably not. Was this nation founded on Christian principles? Absolutely it was. The first settlers of America came here to express their religious faith for freedom of worship. The pilgrims who came to the Plymouth Rock on the Mayflower wrote the Mayflower Compact in 1620. Listen to what it says, a direct quote. In the name of God, having undertaken for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith, do solemnly and mutually in the presence of God covenant and combine ourselves together, end quote. Twenty-three years later, the New England Confederation was written. Listen to what our founding fathers wrote. <clears throat> Again, a quote. Whereas we all came in these parts with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity and peace, end quote. What do we have today? We have a group of people who are trying to eliminate and exterminate not only the word God from public view, but also to obliterate 
the very idea of God in our country. This is a much different idea than our founding fathers had. Listen to what the framers of our Constitution wrote in 1776. Quote, We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the restitute of our intentions and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, end quote. When the first Continental Congress met and were debating about the Declaration of Independence, how it should be written, Ben Franklin got up and said this, quote, Gentlemen, if it is true that not one single petal from any flower falls to the ground without escaping God's attention, will the distress of this nation go unheeded? Let us therefore determine to seek his face, end quote. After having said this, all 56 members who signed the Declaration of Independence got on their knees and began to seek God's wisdom. Can you imagine with me for a moment what would happen if our government today, our Congress, our Supreme Courts would get on their knees and say, Almighty God, what do you want for this nation? How different our America would be today. Fifty-six brave men who signed that Declaration of Independence. I don't think that we realize the price that they paid for your independence and for you to enjoy the freedoms that you have. Five were captured and tortured before they were killed. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned to the ground. Two lost their sons in the American Revolutionary War. One had two sons captured in the war for our independence. Nine fought and died from wounds of the Revolutionary War. Carter Braxton, a wealthy Virginia trader, saw his ship destroyed and had to sell his home to pay his debts. He died in poverty. Thomas McKeon had to constantly move his family because of harassment. He served in Congress without pay and died in poverty. Thomas Nelson urged General Washington to destroy his home when it was taken over and used as a command post. He died bankrupt. Our freedom and independence came to us at a very high cost. Our founding fathers were committed to not only obtaining freedom for future generations, they were committed to their Christian principles. 
listen to what some of them had to say. John Quincy Adams, our second president, speaking of the Declaration of Independence, said, quote, From the time of the Declaration of Independence, the American people were bound by the laws of God and the laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which they all acknowledge as the root of their conduct. We all came together to obey the word of God, end quote. George Washington, in his farewell address, said this, quote, Do not let anyone claim tribute to American patriotism if they even attempt to remove religion from politics, end quote. Patrick Henry said, <clears throat> quote, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. End quote. These men and hundreds more paid the price to give us a nation built upon the principles of God and the foundation of Jesus Christ. The foundation has been laid. Can we do any less than to pray for our America the Great? If we are going to see come from America, we, the church, the called of God, God's people, we need to pray for America and for our leaders. Despite how you feel about who the president and vice president is right now, despite how you feel about government officials, lawmakers, we need to be praying for America. We need to seek God's face for America. Let's go back to our scripture passage. <clears throat> Again, that's 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Verse 2b says that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. We need to pray for America. We need to live righteous lives. That's how we keep America the great. If we want to change the way that America is headed, we need to live our lives in all godliness and honesty. And how do we do that? We do that by living according to God's standards. Where do we find God's standards? In the Bible. It's so simple. It's been laid out for us in his word. Do you realize that the very framework of our nation's government was patented after the Bible? We have three branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. 
This was a new concept for national government in the world in which they lived. But where did they get those ideas from? The ideas of the three branches of government. They went to Isaiah 33:22. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Judge. That's the judicial branch. Lawmaker. That's the legislative branch. And king. That's the executive branch. Again, thank you to Google. how I found that out. Our founding fathers looked to the word of God to organize the government of our nation. They laid the foundation. We are to build upon it. Now, I realize, as much as you do, that our nation has strayed so far away from God and has strayed so far away from God's world that the original intent of our founding fathers has been so blurred, you have to squint to see it. Many of our leaders today are trying to take out not only God from our nation, but the very mention of God. It's heartbreaking that some want to take out in God we trust from our money. It's heartbreaking that some are trying to take out under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance to our American flag. It's heartbreaking that some are trying to take the Ten Commandments out of public view. And what's more heartbreaking is some are succeeding in those plans. Some are trying to eliminate the very mention of God. The World War II monument was dedicated in Washington, D.C. in 2004, I believe. On the monument is a quote from President Franklin D. Roosevelt used to announce the attack on Pearl Harbor. But they left out one part, the last four words on purpose. They left this out. So help us God. They left it off the plaque. Now there's not a lot that I can do about the movement to eliminate even the mere mention of God in our government. But there is something that we can do to keep sin from dishonoring his name and our nation. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exaleth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Sin has disgraced God's name and our nation. Look at some of the stats that I have found. Marriage and divorce rate. Do you realize that the divorce rate in America is 53%? 
53%. And that's even among Christian married couples. Teenage pregnancy has been on the rise, with half of those ending in abortion. Child abuse is up 240% since the year 1976. Pornography, sexual abuse, broken homes, abuse of power, the list could go on and on. Sin has disgraced our nation. There's something we can do about it. 1 Timothy 2.2 says that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. How can we keep America the great? Pray, live righteous lives, and finally share Christ. Let's go back to our scripture reading. 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4 says this. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of truth. The unbelieving world is shouting out its message. People are speaking out. Family values are becoming a laughing stock, and our leaders are listening to those loud shouts. The sad truth is, the Christians in America are the majority, but we are doing very little to speak out as a witness for the Lord. We are content to sit in our homes and shake our heads no, 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 no. But we do very little outside of the church to be a witness for the Lord. We're content to sit in our safe four walls and say amen every once in a while. But what are we doing outside of these four walls to be a witness, to share Christ? God expects us to use the freedom that our founding fathers made possible to be a witness for Christ in this sinful world that we live in. One Sunday morning, as a mom, a dad, and a child was driving home from church, the child turned to her mother and said, Mommy, there is something the preacher said this morning that I don't understand. What's that, honey? The mom asked. Well, he said that God is bigger than we are. He said that God is so big that he could hold the whole world in his hands. Is that true? The mother replied, yes, honey, that's true. <clears throat> but mommy, the little girl said, he also said that God comes to live inside of us when we trust Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Is that also true? The mother assured her little daughter that what the pastor said was true. With a puzzled look on her face, the daughter then asked, If God is bigger than us and lives in us, wouldn't he show through? Let me say that again. 
if God is bigger than us and he lives in us, wouldn't he show through? That child had it right. If God lives in you, he ought to show through. And the lost and the dying world in Steubenville, Ohio, would see him in all of us. The hope for America is Jesus. Amen? If you believe that, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5.16. Very familiar verse to us Christians. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In our conclusion, I want you to listen to Psalm 33:12. It says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." When our nation included those who call themselves Christian, cease to look to God, we cease to be blessed by God. Our forefathers claimed this nation for God. We need to reclaim it for God. How can we do this? 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 gives us the answer. We need to pray for America and our leaders. As Christians, we need to live righteous lives, standing on the principles and values of God's word. Third, we need to shine forth the light of Christ who lives within us. Let Jesus show through. Let others see that Jesus is the only hope for America today. The only hope for an eternity in heaven. We're going to listen to a song. It's called My World Needs You by Kirk Franklin. Thank you to those who have joined us on Facebook Live. I hope that you have a very happy 4th of July and may God bless you.